welcome to Marvel Cinematic University, where we cover all the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, uh, dating right back to the first Iron Man all the way to Endgame, which we're going to be continuing on, uh, just because there's so much to talk about when it comes to this film. Uh, we got our usual panel, at, along with some people joining us, uh, AC, Anthony Canton III, how are you? Good day, Jerome. How are you? I'm doing wonderful today. It's a pleasure okay. to be talking to you again. You know how I'm doing. <laughs> we don't need to talk more about that. Uh, also on the call, Jake Christie. Jake, we, we were just talking earlier on the mailbag. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. You know, doubleheader pod day. You know, we got to remain limber and loose. I was doing some vocal exercises to stay fresh in between. <laughs> You sound great, man. I, I clearly, clearly, you've done some load management in between. I'm proud of you, man. Thank you. <laughs> and on the call as well, AC's brother, Raph, Raphael Canton. How are you, dude? Welcome to the pod. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, and hey, Jerome. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Just chilling, getting ready for the weekend. Uh, like I said, we have so much to talk about. And while AC, Jake, and I have already kind of spoken on it, Raph, Let's get your take on it. How did you feel about Endgame uh, when you came out of it? Did you watch it with AC? Yeah, we we watched it. We went to a local movie theater. We went to we went in Queens, Fresh Meadows, um, and it was it was good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was fun to watch it. Anthony's always like the the very good person to watch with, just because like he knows so much about all of the Marvel stuff that I can sort of just whisper and go, "Hey, like, what's going on? Like, is this an Easter egg? What's going on?" And I just need to to relate and connect certain parts of the movie because <laughs> I'm not the I'm not the greatest at uh, at uh, memory in terms of in terms of all the Marvel movies. So, but it was great. I really enjoyed. It. I thought that they connected a lot of the old movies to recently and i felt like just there was a lot of attention to detail in terms of that which i thought was really cool especially them jumping in time when they went back to some of the old movies like the first avenger movie in 2012 i thought that was really fun um i thought that the hulk character was interesting i know i i listened to you guys's podcast so <laughs> i heard a lot of the hate towards towards uh hulk the the new it's hulk right? so much yeah wow or not hate, but I guess the, no, no. Uh, no, no, I get what you mean yeah, because I know, I know, typically when it comes to any kind of Hulk discussion on this podcast, it is glowing love for him. Mm -hmm. So for us to even have a neutral or like potentially negative feeling about him, it, it really borders on hate, just relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Jake, you were going to say something about oh, that? Oh, no, all I was going to say is uh, I thought in 2019 we were doing nuance, but uh, that was a joke. So you guys can keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> you can add. <laughs> Okay. And uh, the mild dislike, how's that? Mild dislike. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, we, we don't have the passion of, say, a college town or college sports team that one uh, Drake Aubrey Graham might say about the Toronto Raptors. Is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> Well, I went to a I went to a college town, uh, UMass Amherst, Amherst, and it was definitely not like that. Shouts there was the no Minutemen. Yeah, there was no good basketball and there was no good football. So. Shouts to Marcus Camby. And shouts yeah. to yeah. Victor Cruz, right? Did I get all that? Yes, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, also joining us on the call just now, Anthony Mays at Cornbuckle. Yo. What's going on, Mays? What is happening? So I have uh, to I have to time travel back to, to this movie because it's been like three or four weeks now since I've seen it. Time, right? 
it's it was such a crazy week that one week with the the Game of Thrones and the End Game and the, it, my little body cannot handle such emotion, little such body. finality. I mean, put it this way: like Game of Thrones is over. It's been that long. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for real. Um. So, uh, Maze, um, you're here on the pod with us right now because you've had like quite a few thoughts that you've uh, shared with us in our group chats. Uh, a lot of it revolving around time travel. Uh, and it's great that you bring it up here. So honestly, the panel is yours. Why don't we just start off here? Uh, what are your thoughts on the time travel in this film? Okay, all right. So uh, so they do a good job of servicing all the time travel nerds when Banner starts trying to explain it with all the jargon that he throws out in the, in the scene where they first realize that they have to go back in time. And... What they come to is they try to dance around the parallel universe theory at first, and it starts with them saying that uh, you can't change the future because the future is your past, right? Isn't that basically the gist of a right. statement? Yeah, you so, can't change the past. Meaning that like the, the timeline of the, the people traveling back in time is still linear. So, so their life comes up to the point where then they go back in time, but if they affect, if they, there's no butterfly effect, they touch a hamster or whatever, it doesn't completely change the fabric of the universe. And they try to make it sound like it is a fully closed loop timeline where <laughs> everything that happens in the past is what happens in the future. But there's a couple really important things that diverge from that, most notably that in the the timeline where Gamora and uh, Don Cheadle, God, I can't remember his name, War Machine, <laughs> Machine and yeah. uh, all those people, when they go back to the Thanos timeline and then Thanos follows them to the future and then mm -hmm. dies, that clearly shows us that there's multiple timelines here. Absolutely. Multiple timelines. What do they call that? The multiverse, I believe. <laughs> yeah, and they they definitely teetered around it and tiptoed around it and tried to avoid saying that in this movie, but then for them to just come out and say that in the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, it's it's a little perplexing to me, to be honest. Hmm. Perplexing in what sense? Mixed messages here, AC. Okay. I think that... Well, I, I, I mean... I, oh, sorry, yeah, Go ahead, Jim. I was just going to say, yeah, I no, think no, that it's ahead, true. Jim. I think that they definitely kind of had some bits that didn't make sense because they were avoiding talking about it. But I do think that for the purposes of Endgame, I think at least, I, I don't know if it was the right idea, but I think the thought process was there's already so much going on in this three-hour and two-minute movie. Let's We don't want to go into the multiverse now. Like, I think because I think that it adds, like, that's another, you know, another big element. I, was gonna, I don't know if that was the right idea, but I definitely think that that's why they did it. Yeah, I think the story amongst itself, I, th I think it's one thing to do fan service in a film, but then it's another to absolutely open up an entirely different storyline. And I think what they did here was just at least give you a nugget, and Spider-Man Far From Home will expand on that nugget. And in my, in my various research over the last couple of weeks... I've been uh, in a in a hole on my phone, holding my son in one hand and looking at <laughs> looking at uh, Reddit in, in the other, um, and, and looking at uh, what's possible to happen. And I think there's just a lot of there's just a lot of interesting things. And 
pretty clear that the MCU is expanding in a way that I'm not sure that we're prepared for. It's going to be a lot different. It's going to be cosmic in one way, and it's going to be grounded in another. And I think you also have to consider the television element that's coming into this as well because of all the stuff that's happening on on the Disney Plus uh, streaming service that comes out later to, later this year. So I think with all of that, they tried to present it in the best way that they could. I completely understand that there are some issues. Like, I would even say the Gamora coming back and why wasn't she snapped away when Tony snapped uh, uh, Thanos and all of, the, all of the henchmen was something that you can easily point out as a plot mistake or a plot point that you can question. But overall, it's one of those things where you, you, you kind of let it go because it's an Avengers movie. There's going to be a lot of funky stuff happening. I guess I just mostly... I feel like they could have committed one way or the other. I feel like we could, they could have very easily made it a closed-loop scenario. I don't think it would have taken much or mm-hmm. very many tweaks to do that. Or you could have leaned in all the way and, and started to explain the branch timeline theory and all that, because the only example of that that we get is when, uh, what's Tilda Swinton's character? The, the ancient, ancient one. one. Yes. The ancient one. When the ancient one shows that like diagram, uh, of how, if the, if the, if the infinity stone isn't returned to the timeline, it will diverge. Like that would have been a perfect opportunity. Like have her explain like that. Everybody has jumped back and created a branch timeline. Because what she was actually talking about was like, if you don't put it back in the exact spot, you'll like you'll start to tear the universe apart, right? Because one right. Mm-hmm. one Infinity Stone will be where it shouldn't be; it'll be out of place, so the whole universe will collapse. And it's right. like that's, that's that where feels they a little different it. from the idea of like branching off timelines. Like that seems like for the actual structure of the universe, just because like the way you're describing it to me, and this is really just me being like completely like a little bit lost on it myself like when you have the moments that you described before uh maze about different things starting to branch off versus like when stones are not being returned they feel like two different things like what their effects are like one is a lot more catastrophic than the other no absolutely it's uh like like i i kind of wish that we had gotten uh i mean i understand we we couldn't do it because we had to have the the twist ending of cap you know being old at the end but if mm-hmm. we had just had like a couple minutes, maybe like two minutes of like a real quick montage of Cap putting the stones back in place, yeah, like that would have been a little more clarifying. Because yeah. I was actually like, "All right, here we go. let's go. Like, let's do it. I want to see it." Because, like, yeah. So when you when you put the stones back, that makes sense because otherwise the universe would collapse. But it yeah. doesn't explain that they're different timelines. Even though the way you know, even though there are things that happen that indicate that there are different timelines, I think yeah, what's uh, kind of doesn't get presented clearly enough is it it can make it feel like when you see uh, that scene with the ancient one, it makes it seem like that's breaking timelines. But that again sounds like it's a different thing altogether from the idea of like branching timelines. There's still branching timelines, but that was just a matter of the stones just need to be all in its proper place. They yeah, definitely left. Oh, sorry. That visual, I think, just confused mm-hmm. a lot of people because, yeah. the, like, literally the map like that, that we have yeah. looks like the, the map that the, the ancient one did. Right, right. They definitely left some stuff on the table with the with the Captain America story toward uh, towards the end. 
I do think that they're going to explore some of that with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think there's going to be a little bit more background and a little bit more detail uh, just because of just some potential plot points that, that I may have uh, read about um, as far as what the gist of that show is going to be with a, a another Captain America coming into the mix, potentially. So with, with that, I mean, that remains to be seen. But I do think... I know the Russo brothers said that there is some, there was some stuff with Cap that was kind of left on the table that they were holding over for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier to kind of give a little bit more background. I mean, it, it, it so is I don't know three what hours that and two minutes. It is three hours. Right. Well, there. <laughs> <laughs> not that I, not that I, not that I think that that's an excuse, but it is like, like the thing is, I wish they did a better job explaining the timeline stuff. Uh, but I think yeah. that not seeing Cap deliver all the stones is, like, if you have to lose something, like, I don't, I'm, I would, I'd rather lose that than lose a lot of the other stuff in the movie, oh, so. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's just, like, it was just that we were almost at the end of three hours, yeah. and he's gearing up to go on this mission. I'm like, all right, like, are we really doing this? Like, let's go. So you're saying we should petition to make Endgame into two, maybe three extra movies if we're not feeling that the writing is a little rushed. Mm-hmm. You should just start over, Jerome, yeah. And so, of course, now, and of course now, uh, you know, this, and we realize that Captain now, of course, she, he kind of forgot about the Infinity Stones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that that that's that's an in uh, that's a joke making fun of the behind the scenes bits of Game of Thrones. <laughs> what I really want, though, to be honest, is I want the like Lord of the Rings extended edition for the event, this Avengers movie. Yeah. You know, because like they probably have like another thirty minutes of footage at least. Mm-hmm. I would love to have that on a, in a release at some point, but mm-hmm. I, I'm I doubt it. I want to see some of those deleted scenes for sure. Uh, I de- just, definitely. Um, like we, so we're all talking about it here, Raph. I'm curious, like all the stuff that we're going through over here in terms of the timeline and moving things around. Like, how, you mentioned yourself that you're not as keyed in when it comes to uh, MCU, and AC helps you kind of fill in a lot of the blanks. Did you find yourself lost in it? Do you feel like it inhibited your experience watching the film? Not really, because I, like, just to be honest, like I've watched most of them. I've watched every single one of the Marvel movies. <laughs> Leading on to Andy judges me for that. No, he doesn't. Uh, but like, <laughs> what's what's uh, the most egregious one that you've missed out on? I'm just curious about that. Oh, now. probably like Iron Man two and three. I've never watched. That's not a. I don't know. I feel like that. I watch all the Avengers. Like I've seen every single one. I mean, AC will tell you Iron Man three is not worth watching. Yeah, I, I feel like given who your brother is, I'm not surprised that you've missed those. Yeah, has yeah. he hidden the film for you? There is an Iron Man three <laughs> rap. You can watch it. Uh, just like you know, um, there's a main bad in it. He's actually one of the main bads in the comics. Oh, the Mandarin appears oh, in it. Uh, you really should dive into it just to re- really, really understand the canon that is Iron Man. Yeah. Hey, Jerome, <laughs> even they, Ralph, sorry to cut you, but even they know that they screwed that up because they're actually doing the Mandarin in the future. So they know. They know what they did. Dude, if it if somehow Ben Kingsley shows up again, I'm going to. <laughs> uh, don't, don't start. You but really anyway. are a dad now, AC. You just say they know what they did. <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> Get off my lawn, AC, in full this mode. Guy is going to be growing up, uh, telling everyone about how his dad's a Mandarin truther. 
Oh my goodness! Oh, sorry, I forgot you off, Raph. So, like, because that's that's actually one of those things that, in terms of like talking to a lot of people about this film and uh, the way they talk about like how you need to appreciate Endgame by like watching all the other ones, it I do feel like there's an element of like if you're not all the way in, you can either get lost and you definitely can't really like take in everything that's going on. So I'm curious, uh, like from your perspective, uh, like just really continue on your point, like. How did you feel about like those moments? Uh, how did you feel about the going back in time? Do you feel like on a rewatch that would be even necessary to go through for you? Like, does it really add anything for you? Not really. You know, it's funny. Um, our dad, Anthony, and my and my dad, uh, he asked me because he wanted to watch it, and he was like, "Do you really need to watch every single one of the movies?" <laughs> and I told him, "Not really." I told him, "All you really, if you want to just get the gist of sort of like this." current storyline you really only need to watch infinity war so he actually watched infinity war and i don't i think he's watching Endgame yet but he but so it's sort of like i feel like in terms of just the movie in general if you just want to understand the movie i personally feel like all you have to do is watch infinity war and then you're fine to watch Endgame and to understand it but i think little things like sort of as an example one of the characters at the end when tony stark has his funeral that little kid or teenage uh boy yeah, harley like pointed it out to me while i was watching he was like, i didn't oh, even recognize him but that's just because i didn't know he grew a lot i was just like who is this guy and tyson <laughs> hasn't really had a career since so I thought I thought it was like a and I was like, that's so cool. He got to be in like Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking for a second. I'm like, why is this kid there? Right. I'm so confused. So but generally speaking, I don't really think you needed to watch it, but I think to understand certain little things that they put in the movie and certain little Easter eggs, you do sort of need to watch all of the movies to understand things because you will be a little bit confused but i think to un- if you're just looking to casually enjoy a movie then you really only need to watch infinity war to understand endgame personally that's just yeah and, and i think a thing that people underrate is that like there are so many great movies like there are standalone movies that have like tons of rich characters and places that don't fully explain everything so like like, for example, like, I love the John Wick movies. Like, if you watch the first John Wick, you don't know shit about the Continental or how the Assassin Networks work. Mm-hmm. But just because mm-hmm. you don't know that doesn't mean that you can't understand. Like, obviously, there are moments where you wouldn't, like, you would be like, who's that character? But you, you can you can get context clues. Like, you know, you I, yeah. I, I feel like people, when they say, like, you need to watch every single movie in order to get it. Like, yes, the movie would be much better if you see every single movie. But people are, like have brains and can kind of fill in the blanks mm-hmm. and like it's also they know that they're watching a movie that had 20 something yeah. movies beforehand yeah. yeah um well okay so moving on into it i we let maze jump like directly into the time travel of it but we never actually got his general thoughts on the film so mm-hmm. um yeah how did you feel about it uh like coming out of the film big moments for you like how does it maybe like rank for you among uh the marvel cinematic uh universe films um how does it rank I, it's a, it's a top five i mean that's the easy way to to couch it right it's a top five out of i think a lot of us especially since we've been reviewing all of these have not necessarily like focused so hard on like the hard ranking as much as like which films kind of fall within like particular tiers for us yeah. and i would say it's a top tier marvel film which i think is kind of like what you're getting at too yeah, I think I think it probably 
I liked it more than the first Infinity than Infinity War. I think it probably is slightly ahead of that one for me. Uh, the the Thor Lebowski stuff honestly felt like pandering to me. It's just right. like, are we really? We're taking the the biggest budget, highest grossing movie of all time, and it's gonna lampoon my favorite movie ever, and like down to like <laughs> the like the scene at the end where Thor is in sunglasses, like overlooking the cliffs of New Asgard, is just like the end of the Big Lebowski after they scatter Donnie's ashes. I'm like, are you kidding me with this? But uh, there was that. Then I, it, the movie felt really like for such a huge movie, it was shockingly small. It was very intimate. They really got back to like the core, yeah. mm-hmm. the heart of the story. A lot of Cap, a lot of Iron Man. You know, the, the Nebula comes in and steals the show, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it just felt like they really boiled it down to to scenes and dialogue and and when you look across two films between Infinity War and Endgame, like you realize how well they basically manage the minutes of everyone. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, except for except for Captain Marvel, which is basically like like getting Giannis and then putting him on the bench for in, <laughs> the entire. Like, he comes out. He drops 30 in the first quarter, then you bench him, uh, and then maybe you you bring him back for the final two minutes in garbage time. But yeah, you I know, don't. They clear like. I don't know ahead. what the logistical thing was of why they couldn't film Captain Marvel before Endgame, but like I obviously didn't like ruin the movie or anything like that. But like once I heard that they filmed the Endgame bits before Captain Marvel, I'm like, I actually was glad that she wasn't in it that that much because the last <laughs> thing I would want is like a completely different character in the two movies but like yeah i think it definitely mm-hmm. once i heard that i'm like okay she's just not to be that good in this movie and once again that's like i genuinely think I, I don't actually understand how they could do that i think that that's a crazy mistake but i mean it, it, it's a huge big budget movie so i get that it. the intent right i think the idea is always that the intent was this was supposed to be the send-off for the original avengers yeah, yeah. and everyone that's supposed to come afterward is really just gonna be an afterthought you'll get a taste of them uh, hopefully they give you some sort of inclination that like you're gonna want to see more of them. Um, I don't know necessarily that Captain Marvel did that in this film, but I, I think like a lot of it was just the idea like we we will let all of them do it because the whole uh, point by the end of it is to have like this large scale like all the Avengers are truly together. But uh, well, actually no, Captain Marvel comes in later. But um, <laughs> like. <laughs> I take that back. Uh, but, like, really, um, I think, to uh, Maze's point, it's really intimate in the way that it really is supposed to be kind of like this almost, like, love letter send-off. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand why they benched Captain Marvel, because, as she showed us in the beginning of the movie, she is too powerful. You know, she mm-hmm. comes in, she flexes, she says, well, you didn't have me before, they go. Mm-hmm. They immediately take out Thanos. Like, she's she's still too powerful, and so it's gonna be interesting going forward in Avengers movies. Is she gonna become the focal point like we kind of imagine, or is are they dangling her? You know, basically being her own Avengers out in space and just having like Captain Marvel two. Like, it'll be interesting to see which direction they go with her character. I mm-hmm. guess going forward. Yeah, I. I... We talked about it a little bit on the Captain Marvel podcast, but I just remember thinking, um, because of the way she was presented for that film and the way uh, it was advertised, that 
she would be kind of the next most powerful uh, Avenger going through. I think I, w- I, I myself had this kind of misconception that that means she's leader. I don't think she's going to be a leader of the Avengers. She's going to be almost like in, I feel like in a Hulk kind of aspect. Like, I know she's going to have her own standalone films, but she's going to be super strong, um, like probably their best weapon, but not necessarily a character that you're going to look for a lot of depth. Is that, like, what does everyone else think about that? That's interesting. I don't know about depth. I would say that she just is not a leader type. Like, her character. Okay. I I just, I would buy, she might be able to get there, but, like, the way that she interacted at the beginning of Endgame with everyone else is she's, like, basically, like, y'all don't know anything. I'm just going to take care of this shit. Y'all can, you know, ride along with me, but whatever. So, like, I think that a lot of her bits are going to be her interacting with the other Avengers and then basically trying to get her to commit to, you know, protecting the Earth or whatever. I think it's probably going to be a main right. conflict. I guess when I say depth, I'm just really saying, like, it's not going to be another Robert Downey Jr. because you're not going to get another Robert Downey Jr. I, no, right but you're definitely not. Exactly. You're yeah, I can agree. And I, I, and I would lie in front of a train for Brie Larson, but I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Jerome, exactly. um, I, I, this question has been on, on my mind for a while because I do remember when we did Infinity War last year, you mm-hmm. said, I remember you saying, I don't know how to judge this film without seeing what's after it because of I did, the yeah. continuation. So how do you feel now after seeing both of these films? Um, now it's like a matter of like, I need to see them like all together. But no, no, I, I would say uh, like the two together is such a like amazing uh, feat, really. Just like back and forth and how they bring it all together. Um, I think how they close it up is really nicely in a lot of ways that we kind of predicted, but didn't really like the small things like Thanos getting murked, like in the first yeah. little bit and, and having the time jump and all that. Um, I think, I think, uh, ooh, that's a good question. I've been really stuck in Raptors world. I haven't given this movie in the, <laughs> thought in the last little bit. Yeah, um, Jurassic Park, Jerome. Yes, I know, I know, I know. Uh, well, I would say I probably could have actually looked at those individually. Um, okay. Uh, now looking back, uh, Infinity War, it's tough. I, I might say Infinity War I have higher than Endgame. I need to see a good version because basically I saw Endgame like properly once in the theater and then just kind of went through like the pirated copies like in bits. That's uh, I feel like I need to sit down with that film again. But one thing I would say, and it was uh, something I alluded to when I was talking, when I was asking Raf uh, a couple of questions, was was I don't know that the whole time travel, like looking back and visiting parts of the old film, is going to like hold up well over time. Ooh, okay. Okay. I don't. I think in the moment, just like when you're up in your feelings about it and you know like what you're getting into and you know that this is the send off, like you really take it all in. But almost as a standalone film, like I think Infinity War does a better job because it's like it's just driven towards something. And um, whereas like, you know what all the cues are here, I guess, in terms of Endgame. Um, So, yeah, that would be like my one takeaway from it. Like I'm still I've just had this thought about I don't know how. How well Endgame ages. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I, I feel like eventually what I'm going to do is I'm going to treat this like a book and watch all 22 films. I mean, obviously not consecutively in that sense, but just over time. 
and just I watch them all over again. Yeah, you should try consecutive with them. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if I'm going to have I mean, I, let's be honest. I'm the only one on this call who probably right has the uh, ability to do that. Maybe I'll wait until it gets a little older and we can watch it together. That works. Got to get an adult yeah. diaper, sit what down for the TV. What if not into Marvel? <laughs> oh, he's still being into Marvel. He's getting ingrained. He's getting indoctrinated. This is this is happening. I got it. What, what if he's just like, this Jared Leto character as the Joker is very compelling. <laughs> <Bad>. <laughs> I mean, listen. I don't hate. I don't hate DC. Their films are awful for the most part. <laughs> yeah, we have very good. Yeah, and and I have to give a shout out to the to the. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but the DC Universe app they they're bringing it with the content. Oh, yeah, you're big. Um, yeah. But, so yeah, you were saying like about uh, the idea of watching them all in sequences, like one yeah, whole. Yeah, I just, yeah, it feels like it'll be a book, and then I could really really get an idea of what this actually was for me overall. I know what this was for me in that sense, but to kind of look back and and give it a rewatch, a, a good thorough look, and then realize that they really layered this out for 11 years. It's just so ridiculous on so many levels. I think someone's got to yeah. do the... Uh, you know how they have the cut of the Godfather movies in chronological order? I would love to see someone like cut chronologically all the Marvel movies. Um... I don't know how you do it, but like I, I, I almost, oh, see, I almost, I almost want to know if like you could do like this would be crazy, and this is an undertaking no one should do. But like, because yeah. obviously a lot of the movies happen concurrently, and I almost wonder what it would be like to like be cutting back and forth between, you know, will be like what we saw with Infinity War and Endgame, where they keep on jumping exactly. from spot to spot. Yeah, like I don't, think, be, I, I don't think it would be a good movie, but I think it would be no, interesting, no. and I think that that's you know. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, it's funny mashups on YouTube of um, of Infinity War and Ant-Man and the Wasp, like the ending mm -hmm. like, so what you call the ending of Ant-Man and the Wasp and the ending of Infinity War to match them up, but it's pretty cool to watch it right, just like added in well no, I, I think Jake, to your point it's that would be yes, very interesting to watch because um, what they did so well was like they carefully kind of nurtured you through this to like understand and accept this larger universe that every now and then, and uh, like it would just be like, oh yeah, this was going on, and then this was going on. But for you to like now know it was all going on and kind of seeing it in sequence, like that would be kind of insane. Yeah. I I have some I do have some uh, questions pulled up here. The first one I'll go with uh, Khalil Ward at sticks three two three on Twitter. The idea of Thanos wasn't mentioned until Avengers. Who do you think will be the next big villain in the MCU? Uh, Ralph, I'll start with you. Ralph, who do you think the next big villain's gonna be? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> who, I, I've been really doing. I mean, just. <laughs> I mean, that's the best answer. Uh, I feel really. I have a. I feel really good about my answer, actually. Ooh. I feel pretty. I feel pretty confident that it's I gonna think be the Silver Surfer. Okay. Because I think oh, that I think that they're setting up. They're setting up bringing the Fantastic Four. And I uh, feel yes. like that is... I almost feel like, to be honest with you, with the Galactus thing, I think that it's... it's People are saying Galactus so much, I I actually would be, be surprised if they went with him next. Also because Galactus is... I don't know, it feels kind of... I don't know. Obviously the characters are very different between him and Thanos, but like... Motivation-wise, I don't know how interesting that would be to have those characters back to back. But yeah, I think that I think that over the next like five years, they'll be introducing the new Fantastic Four, and then after that, the Silver Surfer. That'll be interesting, Jerome. How about you? Um, 
honestly, I, I'm actually more in the Raph boat where, because even when I think about when Thanos got introduced, I just remember thinking like, oh, who's that guy? Like I, re- I was, I was the person <laughs> in the crowd who like was not hyped when they introduced him. And everyone, like, because I know there was, like, the reaction at the end of it, and everyone's like, oh, my God, because I guess that implies, like, the Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity yes. War and all that. Um, but it didn't hit me in that uh, way. And, I mean, obviously, it didn't inhibit my experience with it. Like, it was cool to uh, learn it that, uh, learn it, learn about that character through this. And uh, one thing that I've always appreciated about the MCU, especially for how deep it's gone now, is yes, of course, it does harken back to what has happened in comics, but it is not beholden to it. So uh, I really like the idea of learning the story through this universe specifically and um, not necessarily having to go back. I remember early on, I would often go back to try to look at source material to see what I can expect, but I'm really right. myself into this place where I really want them to tell me the story almost fresh. Um, so, like, that's happened with Infinity War for me, uh, even though I I think I knew about the snap happening. Yeah. And it definitely happened with Endgame, where I just really didn't know what to expect, and I really enjoyed it for that. Um, but one thing I'm really interested in, less the specific character, I think what Jake was uh, had mentioned just there, I'm interested in what the next motivation is. Ooh, yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to hold my answer for last, because I, ha- I do have some stuff on that. Uh, Maze, how about you? Short answer: It's the Night King. The Night King is going to get another Redux. Oh. And oh, I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> he really didn't get enough of a shot. Yeah, he should get a he should get a second chance in a different universe uh, hey. to throw spears. I mean, I think Jake's probably right. I think the next like big, big, big bad is Galactus. Like probably build towards him for like another ten or fifteen movies or whatever. Uh, more short term though, I would expect Namor to show up in Black Panther two. I know you like that AC. Yeah. And then the other one is Adam Warlock. I think he could come in and be kind of a I mean, anti-hero it's a, it's to start. Like because he was in the post credits, right? Right. And yeah. so that's funny. They just announced uh, what's Elizabeth her name? Debicki. Yeah, from Guardians two, she'll be back in Guardians three. So one can assume that we might get this character. Yeah, so those would be my two picks for like guys who are going to show up. Those those two guys. Okay, well for well for me, I look at it this way: since they're kind of splitting up what these movies are going to look like, we're going to be looking at a more ground based uh, Marvel universe and a cosmic based universe with uh, the Eternals and the Guardians of the Galaxy, or maybe we're calling them the Asgardians of the Galaxy in the future. And I think a big central thing on the ground is going to be Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man, uh, far from home, I think people probably won't realize how huge this film is going to be in setting up a lot of the things that we love in Spider-Man lore, like the Sinister Six, which I, I'm looking really forward to seeing how they set that up. Uh, some of the things that I've been looking at, some of the, the stuff that I've been reading on theories as far as that's concerned, uh, Norman Osborn has come up. As a as a potential, uh, if Spi- I mean, if it is Spider Man, you have to have Norman Osborn at some point. Absolutely, That's the thing. yeah. So if he does show up, that kind of opens up a a big door in the Spider Man universe, and it really puts Peter Parker in a position where he has to he has to become a, a huge uh, leader or or a huge part of what this future is going to be. And I think 
just with Tom Holland's marketability and everything that they're trying to do. I heard that they're going to try and do another one of these Spider-Man films two years after this one. So I think you have all the builds up with Mysterio and potentially the chameleon in this in this movie. And then you already have uh, Maze, one of our favorites, uh, Michael Mando as the as Scorpion uh, for, for the future. He may show oh, up. all right. They announced that? Um, well, Michael, I don't know if you remember. He was in uh, he was in Homecoming. Oh right, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Homecoming gotcha. briefly, and then you see him in the 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 post asthmatic guardian, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm very interested to see uh, what they do with him as a scorpion, and and uh, what they potentially do with a Norman Osborn if they include him there. So I I, I want to see that, and then of course Galactus. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna get him immediately. I do feel like whatever happens in the Eternals is going to kind of set up uh, some of the X-Men stuff because some of their backstory is kind of not related to it necessarily, but it gives Marvel an out in terms of uh, creating it. So the Eternals, they look at it as a franchise. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how that film is going to be because it, apparently it's very important to the mcu's future so in terms of villains i'm looking at norman osborne i'm looking at i still would love to see kang kang is one of my favorites so hopefully they get him in at some point and that would kind of lead that would kind of lead to the whole multiverse aspect of stuff because he's heavy into heavy in the time travel uh, district if they ever decide to revisit it so you know we'll see what happens with that but um that's what i was thinking there so for our next question Wait, hold on, AC, real quick. Let me ask you, uh, would you be at all interested in, if there is this multiverse, having a dark version of one of our heroes? Absolutely, 100%. Who would you? Uh, who would be the best version of that? Ooh. Dark Thor? Dark Thor would be cool. I think Dark Spider-Man has a lot of potential. I mean, is um, that the symbiote? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Listen, that's why I said Secret War. If they do Secret War, that's how the symbiote came about. Now, I don't right. know how they're going to manage the whole Venom is still doing films in the Sony-verse, and that's a whole nother explanation <laughs> for another day, but I think Spider-Man's a good one to do. Wait, so uh, would, would the dark version of Black Panther be White Panther? Yes. No, he's the Grand Wizard of the KKK, actually. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Jacob. laughs> oh man yeah I, I i think i think there's a dark avengers thing that can happen mm -hmm. um house of m a story that a lot of people are, f are familiar with with uh scarlet witch's character that would be that would be interesting now, i don't know what the wanda vision television show is going to to be exactly but that that'll be interesting in itself and um and like I mentioned before, before I get to the next question, Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're reading some really interesting things about that that film. Z I mean, that uh, show. Zemo's coming back. Uh, Agent 13 is coming back. So I'm really it, only on board if they're stuck in tiny cars. Like, that's the only way. Like, at the back of tiny cars, <laughs> I'm okay with it then. <laughs> that's are, they going, are they going to rename it Captain America and Winter Soldier? Or are they really <laughs> just going to keep calling him Falcon? I, I'm open. I'm open that like Winter Soldier just refuses to call him Captain America, and that's why it's Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> You'll never be my cap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hashtag not my cap. Um, all right. So, so the next question here we got 
Will at a, a W Shaft 11. Do you think there's any chance the Black Widow movie could take place in the five years that gets skipped over in Endgame? I feel like no one has talked about this as a possibility. Jake, what do you think about this? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's a prequel, right? Yeah, I think it's a prequel. Or maybe it takes place between like some of the other Avengers movies, but I think that um, we know what she's doing in the five yeah. years and she's not doing actually like she develops a holographic un with like other yeah. heroes it's not very interesting yeah exactly yeah <laughs> jerome how about you what do you what do you think that what do you think black widow is doing in this uh, uh, black Widow film um i i imagine it's got to be a prequel to before she um joined shield like that's honestly the most interesting version of, like basically having an origin story for her because like while everyone has had one she's had a very vague one like you've only had like bits and pieces revealed um that's honestly the only version that seems to make sense to me so far because uh everything else in between i don't know really so much maybe what happens after winter soldier Mm -hmm. uh outside of that i don't know Shouldn't yeah, it be you Budapest? Know yeah, like I assume it's like Budapest, right? Like yeah. it's got to be that. It's got to be um, everything. Like, they always mention like Budapest. So it, yeah. So so Maze, another another one of our our favorites, potentially is going to be cast in this film. Uh, they were looking at Andre Holland to play the uh, play the Taskmaster. Yeah, and they already got uh, what's her name, Florence Pugh, right? Yes. She's yeah, actually that's... allegedly supposed to be the replacement Black Widow, the future Black Widow. Oh wow! Okay, they just yeah, she's just blowing up. All right, that that kind of makes sense. I'm, I'm I mean I'm into it. Uh, it's probably not going to be a, a top ten Marvel movie, but I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, I, I want to see what. Well, I mean, when you think about the prequel, now that that she's dead, it makes you wonder what the point of the story will actually be. So that's why I'm intrigued to kind of see that. Uh, Ralph, how about you? Are you looking for anything in particular with this Black Widow film in terms of the timeline? Yeah, I feel like everybody sort of just that it it probably would be a prequel just because of, I mean, what happened to her. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess with this whole multiverse thing that we talked talked about, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> they could try and. I mean, in any kind of movie, you can sort of change the uh, storyline and get away with it. I mean. And, and sort of try and maybe make it that is the future or whatever. But I just feel like logically you would want to tell that story of like how she came to be because there's not a lot of backstory of her like some of the other characters in uh, in Avengers. Right. Right. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see where they go from there. All right, another question I'm taking from the Discord. James Harden, 82 game player. So far we have heard of Shang <laughs> chi <laughs> Captain Marvel. <laughs> I'm just thinking about YouTube gameplay. Mighty and the Eternals. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, who who else do you think is coming in the next phase? What do you know about the Eternals? Will Shang-Chi be an Avenger? Also, Irv Dizzle. I, I'm going to include both of these questions because they're, they're kind of similar. Because he's asking for a background on the Eternals and Shang-Chi. So basically, I don't know Shang-Chi a lot. But what I do know is... He is a master of kung fu, and also he has the ability to duplicate himself. So, uh, he, I'm glad that some... he has that power because if his power was just fighting really well, <laughs> yeah. So he and also he has really good control of his chi. Believe it or not, 
How about that? I'm riveted. <laughs> I'm I'm nervous. <laughs> At least they cast an Asian guy this time on like a TV universe. Yeah. It's just like wait, every, you've described this character a couple of times, and I've I don't think I've even looked him up yet. But I swear, if I see like a Bruce Lee looking character showing up, like I I have a lot of trust in the people behind MCU that this won't turn into that, but. Yeah, at least like on paper, he it it sounds like a very stereotypical um, Asian action star. <laughs> so, so just to give a little extra background on what potentially his connection to uh, anything in MCU lore will be, allegedly the Mandarin, who if 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 done properly, we'll see. Sure. Um, uh, the Mandarin will be his father in this uh, in this in this version. Oh, okay. Uh, that's allegedly, so it gives you a nice father-son hero-villain dynamic that uh, that I will look forward to seeing. And obviously, Shang Chi is a part. He is a part of the Avengers. He kind of did some time heroes for hire. So he, he's worked. He's worked a lot in in superhero teams. He's a team player. That's what I'll say. I, I feel um, there's a lot of elements to these new characters that seem to appeal more to like the current comics. That I guess like actually will be now truly an appeal to younger audiences because i feel what we've gone through in terms of the infinity saga it's really done well for i guess our generation because it's a lot of the heroes we grew up with it's a lot of the stories that we grew up with it seems like they're really diving into like the next era oh they're pulling they're they're, they're pulling they're pulling everything there's also just not a lot of older heroes left that's yeah. true. Well, I mean, there's, like, the ones that they never had the rights to, yeah. which could be fashion. But otherwise, yeah, to your point. Also, um, small note, anytime I've, like, just, you mentioned, like, a Shang and a Kang, like, I just got to shout out Terrence Howard Mang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So well, we're making bad jokes, uh, yes. I was going to ask if, are we going to get introduced to the, Mar- the, the Mandarin's cousin, the Cantonese? True. True. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> he loved that one in there like a Shang Chi. I feel like you just earned that role. <laughs> oh my goodness! So also, I just to give a little bit back, a bit of background on the Eternals. So in the comics, uh, Thanos Thanos's father, Lars. Um, I don't even know if that's pronounced correctly, but that's just how I'm reading it. Um, he is a part of the Eternals. The Eternals were created by the Celestials. Um, the Eternals are human-looking, but they all have superhuman strength and all are immortal. So I have no idea how they're going to make a uh, realistic uh, movie in the sense if you can't really kill the characters. Obviously, I'm sure the MCU will not go strictly all the time with source material. So... They could, you could see something different, but it seems like they are—they are putting some heavy hitters in this film. Angelina yeah. Jolie um, has been cast um, in a major role for I know this that, one. Uh, so Richard Madden was in talks to be the lead. Oh, that is um, correct. Yes, but dude, that's over two for me. Yeah, I'm not a huge—I'm not a huge Angelina Jolie guy. I think that her uh, like I think that like. She's fine, but like, I just feel like a lot of the movies she's in are very underwhelming. Obviously, I don't think that means that this movie's going to be underwhelming because the MCU has overcome a lot yeah. more than that. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I think she's a big name, but not in a way that excites me like a lot of the other big names. Like, when I heard Robert Redford was an MCU movie, I was like, holy shit. They don't feel the way about Angela right. Jolie because, like, she's been, like, just doing, like, Maleficent movies. So, 
<laughs> well, it's interesting because they have them. They have them set up that to be Josiah um, cameo. That we're yes, that is there? Josiah oh, cameo. Wow. The, young, the young little man. Well, not no. Angelina Jolie casting either. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, I, but that's the thing. Like, um, since they're set up to be a franchise, I just don't know. Um, I don't know how I'm going to receive it. Since this is these are characters that I don't really know, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm just not sure overall, um, in, in a sense. So it, it depends on what. Depends on the, the presentation of the film and uh, what the long-term storyline is. Because remember, these characters are set way, way back in the past. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother. But they are eternal. So yeah, that's true. So so we'll see what happens. Let me see if I have it. Let me see if I. There was one that I know Cecile asked that I was honestly Cecile. I was very confused at this one because it had something to do with the snap. And then I think she said something along the lines that there was four snaps, and I was just like, "Wait a minute, were there four snaps?" I'm, yeah, there were. Kinda... Yes, there were four snaps. First snap was Thanos snaps, killing right. half the population. Okay. okay, can I go? Yes, I have. I have the question. Okay, for... So, in the Far From Home trailer, Nick Fury states that the snap tore a hole in our dimension and opened us up to other universes. There were four <laughs> right. snaps in total that occurred. Correct. Which snap do you think it was that caused the problem? What about the snap would tear a hole in reality? That's the first part of the question. Uh, Jake, what do okay, you Okay, the four snaps are the first snap where he gets rid of half the population. Second snap is where yep. he destroys the Infinity Stones. Third snap is where the Hulk uh, brings everyone back. Fourth snap is uh, right. I am Iron Man. Now, I think that... Is that the, now the, for the first part of the question, I think that the half the population was probably the one because that feels like it's the most powerful. But I also don't know. Obviously, yeah. they, might, they might tell... I, was, I actually want to venture the guess that it's the one where he destroys the stones because be we keep on getting told that the stones being destroyed kind of breaks everything. Ooh, that's true. Point. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that. Good point. <laughs> Alright, so the second part of the question, there have been theories implications that the gamma radiation between the three snaps that occurred on Earth could be the catalyst for an X-Men introduction. What do you think of this theory and would it be a new iteration of the X-Men? Re- is Ryan Reynolds Deadpool going to be around? One thing I'll say about the the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool thing, yes, they do plan on integrating him in. Um, I, I feel like that's a character that you don't let go of because of how popular mm-hmm. it's already been through the first two films. Um, but as far as the other questions, uh, Jerome, what do you think? Uh, sir, um, I, I missed the first part of that. Pete. Uh, <laughs> The theories, there have been theories and implications that the gamma radiation between the three snaps that occurred on Earth oh, okay, could be okay. the X-Men introduction. What do you think of this theory? Uh, sure. I, I don't know. Like, um, they kind of had a loosing already because they didn't have the X-Men for a bit, but they wanted to bring in Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Uh, yeah. And they were referred to as enhanced. Is that mm-hmm. right? That's correct. So, yeah. I think... Uh, it could be anything from the gamma radiation to the existence of the stones uh, kind of manifesting because that's how you created uh, characters like Scarlet Witch. Uh, I think Correct ultimately whatever it, I, I just ultimately whatever it is, I don't think I think that's kind of inconsequential. Like yeah. they're just trying to figure out a way to bring them in. That's yep. all. Because correct me if I'm wrong, I believe. 
that canonically with the X-Men, at least with the original films, is that mutants always existed, but the yes. the uh, use of the atomic bomb made it more common, I think is what it says in the movies. So, what is uh, it? Uh, did the X gene. Yes. So right. um, I think, it, like, I actually wouldn't... I don't want them to go super crazy uh, over the top of how to get the X-Men in. Like, I don't want them to be like... there's. Co- the, I don't, basically, what I don't want to happen is I don't want there to be a movie where then suddenly 15 X-Men are all introduced. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot. But, like, and I think that, but I think that's, that's where a lot of people... They, they, they come that's a, package. That's, that's how a lot of people are, like, saying, like, oh, they might rip in another universe and then the X-Men will join. It's like, no, 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 no. I want the X-Men to be, you know... I, I, I almost would like the idea of, like, the X-Men almost, like, coming up as, like, a... Uh, like an like a side thing, like a, almost a competitor to the Avengers or something like that. Like where people who are right. mutants, you know, that per, that Professor X, you know, shelters them rather than forces them to, you know, fight the world's battles or something like that. I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, that I very much doubt that's the case. But you kind of hearkening back to the, the uh, question about what the next big bad is. What if the next big bad is like the X Men? I mean, X Men versus Avengers is a very popular story. Exactly. Um, I love the story. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Black Panther Storm, uh, potential divorce stuff. Oh my goodness, it's just so <laughs> so juicy in terms of storylines. Wolverine getting mad at Captain America. Uh, they having a big, big old brawl. Um, the Phoenix is such a huge part of that as well. So um, X Men is- gives the opportunity of um, what we were kind of talking about this film when it came to Endgame that. Uh, there was a chance that they would work together with Thanos against a larger evil. Like maybe yeah. that's how you set up another different way that you can set up that larger evil. You could that do you make the Avengers efforts. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but right. that's an option. Right, I don't think so either. And I think the other thing is Kevin Feige's already said that this next five years of films has nothing to do with the X Men. So yeah, that he yeah. has a separate plan for them. So I mean, they want to be doing this film maybe- for like fifty more years, so they can they can wait to bring the X Men. <laughs> Yeah, they got time, man. Like yeah. they definitely got time. I mean, I do. I do want to see what this this new content is going to be. What how they're going to integrate the Disney Plus stuff into the movies because they're all of the stuff is still connected. Um, so that aspect, trying to figure that out, is going to be fun. I definitely think that um, a thing that and- is it's going to be important with the Disney Plus stuff though is that I think that with Endgame you're expected to have seen every single uh, that all of the. Um, that it's pretty like important that there are details in the movie that require you to see all the movies, right? I, mean, I think yeah. the things with Disney Plus, I think that they're going to be there's not going to be super important stuff in them. Like I don't think they're going to be as necessary. I think they'll be like a step. I don't away. think they can. That's that's a huge flex for you to assume that someone's going to like yeah. invest. So I think there's be, like yeah. a different level of canon. Not that it's going to be like not canon, but like that yeah, yeah. there's gonna be that there's gonna probably be like references and stuff that's helpful but i definitely think that they will i think assume... similar to the netflix series like well i mean the netflix series never actually came in world. but they never actually referenced the netflix series in the movies though that's that's a good fair point but like the netflix series exists in worlds where like all these events have happened oh too. yeah yeah i mean the, um, the catalyst so it'd be more closely connected than that but i think that's like a good point of reference yeah i agree that's what i'm thinking yeah too. yeah that I think that I think that's um yeah that's a, that's interesting and I think also that's a that's kind of a good way to kind of close it out like I guess we'll we'll do just do a quick final thoughts um whoa so whoa, 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 like, whoa, whoa, we, whoa 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 I promised my good friend Michael Springthorpe that I would address the Zaddy oh, question. Oh shoot, that's right, my I, bad, my I, bad. I, I sorry, promised sorry, him this. Sorry. He's in Los Angeles. If yeah, not, I would ahead. have sneak put up snuck put him on the call. Yeah. Um, he because I remember after we first got out of the film, he asked said that it was right. a great film for uh, film daddies. 
which I didn't fully understand, but he broke it down. He said that there's, you know, the really buff one, there's Captain America, there's, like, the yes. dad Wait, didn't bot. did get a zaddy question? Yes, that I had that's to look what up what yes, yes. What's the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, like, oh, yeah, the Fat that's... Thor, he's, yeah. like, got the dad bods. There's, like, Thanos, like, you know, bad, you know, he's, like, buff, but, like, kind of evil. There's just, yeah, the Winter Soldier is, like, damaged daddy. Like, there's just, his point was that, you know, there hasn't been a movie that That's what literally was trying to be other people's daddies. Exactly. Like, he was taking people. That there hasn't yeah. been a movie that has had, and if, <laughs> and if I'm wrong, he can yell at me later. But there hasn't been, there's so many different types of daddies for every man and gay woman to, excuse me, every woman and gay man to enjoy. So, uh... Not since, like, is Ocean is Eleven, does that fall in that category at I all? Feel, I feel like they're all honestly basically the same kind of daddy. And there's also really, yeah, I think George Clooney's really the only, because, like, Brad Pitt and Matt Damon aren't really old enough or, like, wise enough to be daddies in the movie. But, once again, I'm speaking not from experience, um, but, <laughs> once again, right. he, I, I told him, I promised him I would address this question. Um, because, like I literally said, after we saw the movie, it was quite something he brought up. So, um, oh, so he's a loyal listener, so, yeah. Zaddy, not a zaddy, yes. I mean, they're kind of uh, interchangeable, I think, it, yeah. but... I think I think in I think in the canon of uh, what he's trying to ask. Yeah, they're I pretty interchangeable. Be uh, I forget exactly who he said his desi- his favorite uh, in the movie was. I think I don't remember it being something like it wasn't as obvious like Captain America because I feel like that's like you know, like that's basic like you know that's like, come on. Well, you know what's you know what's funny. Um, your man, your man, uh, Professor Hulk was out here looking like a. Like oh, of course, IG Professor Hulk was the other is the oh, other Professor big daddy. Yeah. That was like, that was like the main one he was talking about. It's like. Uh, you know, because he's he's big, but he's also smart and sensitive. You know, you can't. In you can't five be years, how many children do you think Professor Hulk has fathered? I mean, listen, I we don't want to talk. Let's not yeah. reference the last time that the first time Professor Hulk came up. The thing I asked that made the first time it made all of you uncomfortable on the pod. Oh. <laughs> like, please don't. Like, I just no. I don't want to think about Professor Hulk having children with human women. Let me just say that. And you guys can do whatever you want with your imaginations, but like, no, don't make me think about that. <laughs> anyway, Jerome. Uh, oh, please, yeah, I know. All right, I, so, I gotta so, stop. so final thoughts. I need help. So we're, we're closing the book on twenty-two. Wait, films. Are we daddy? <laughs> what? Wait, what? Go ahead, Jerome. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Does anyone have their own picks? Okay, who would be my daddy of this film? Uh, I want Professor Hulk. You want Professor Hulk? Yeah. He's just such a moron in some ways. Um. <laughs> Who would I take? You know, I think it's underrated. I mean, obviously Iron Man also, like he's sensitive and you know. Yeah, Iron Man. Like I was thinking about Tony Stark, especially like pre-solving time uh, travel. Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. I also Straight think that father. underrated. Underrated. Yeah. I think like Scott Lang, Goofy Zaddy. I mean. Oh yeah. Just, oh. There's just a whole lot of. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um. And by the way, Scott Lang, you... Scott Lang has the benefit, at least over the course of like the first Ant Man, to going from like schlubby, goofy guy to getting abs, mm-hmm. which is like he got a glow up, which that is, is impressive. Which is an important part of being a zaddy. I won't say it, I'm talking completely out of my ass for this, but the fact that I've gotten this segment to go five minutes means that he does owe me a drink the next time we go to a bar of some kind. So well, I can, that's fine. There you go. I'm glad. Um, yeah, Ant Man's a low key one. I, I mean, I want to say Thor. <laughs> I mean, Thor is definitely the dad bod. Like, there's definitely... It's not crazy. It just... I mean, especially once his beard gets braided by the mm-hmm. time he <laughs> Mjolnir and Stormbreaker is... Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's enough get of it. that. Um, you got what? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I would have gone with Thor. That's probably who I would choose. 
Yo, I feel like I can hang with Thor. Like, he's definitely Thor got the really energy. Hang and have a drink with and chill. Exactly. He's got an, he's got the energy. Okay. Yeah. He's got the energy, and I would say, uh, even with like the full dad bod, still yeah. keeps the charm the whole way through. That's that's really like that's what gets me mm. this whole time. Yeah, it's very it's very impressive. Very impressive. Shout shout out to Jake for letting this segment go longer than. That we expect this thing it's this thing i you know i give the people what they want and sometimes that requires me to give the people the exact opposite of what they want <laughs> look <laughs> you got your king the conqueror um but i would do the full hour on zaddy's because you know me, like saying. i love doing this part about marvel movies but the stuff i talk like talking about the most the stuff that is the least important <laughs> to the movies <laughs> anyway oh, this is yeah this is why you are my producer jake hey right. uh yes Thank uh, you so hashtag much, my producer. Thank Jake. you so much. The best. Hashtag the best. not my president. So, so now, now we can go into the to the final thoughts. All right. So twenty two films in the books. Um, it's just a it's just a lot to close the chapter on. But I am looking forward to what's what's to come with Spider Man and um, everything else um, at following Phase Three. Jake, uh, how do you feel about this series overall since you've been watching? This I mean, podcast that we've been doing for over a year. Yeah, what do you think? I, I love it. I love it. This, I mean, this podcast. I mean, this podcast. Alone, I mean, you know, I can't really talk about how much I love this podcast without getting sappy. You know, <laughs> y'all know how close we are. You know, the group chat, oh, and yada, yada. We, we, we are like in chats just yeah. for no reason. Yeah, so. it's like I mean, my relationship to the movies is. I mean, it's made more special because of you know the fact that you know met so many great people through it. But, I mean, the movies are, like, the thing I always say to people, remember, because a lot of people are skeptical of the Marvel movies, and I understand that, because, you know, they're big monoculture, you know, they're, they're you know, they don't make a lot of $30 million movies anymore, and don't make a lot of romantic comedies, a lot of, like, adult dramas, and then people blame superhero movies for that, and I fully get that. But the thing I always say is that, like, they're going to be big budget action movies, no matter, big budget, like, uh, blockbuster movies, no matter what, and it's pretty crazy in terms of, like, out of the, what, there's 22 Marvel movies, 23, that I would say 20. that they're real... What? 22. I would say that there are, like, four that are, like, eh, or worse. Mm -hmm. So, like, 18 out of 22 is a much, 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 much higher batting average than, like, average blockbusters. Like, I would much rather there be three Marvel movies a year than three Independence Day resurgences. You know what I mean? And so, I think that it's, like... another Terminator movie coming out? Like, just to your point, it's just... Like so, yeah. I think that I think that a lot of people, and obviously I'm just preaching to the choir because it's a podcast for Marvel people. But it's uh-huh. like I think it is really like they're just like really fucking good, and I love, I really love big movies, and I love the Marvel movies because they don't they reward you for being a fan of them and they reward you for caring, but mm-hmm. they also are mm-hmm. not poorly made. They're not just for pure fan service. They're not... They're not insulting your intelligence. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, so shouts to the Russo brothers, shouts to Kevin Feige, shouts to shouts to, you know, all of them. Uh, they really uh, have made a great series of movies and I really... I Believe me, I'll watch them until until I die or whatever happens. If I, if, if I my brain consciousness gets uploaded to the, you know, internet, like, transcendence, I will still watch the movies until they're done making <laughs> Hey. Them. Mm-hmm. Hey, cheers to that. Cheers to that. that. Disney Plus. Hell yeah. <laughs> if my brain gets uploaded Jerome. to the cloud, I better get free Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Jerome, how about you? Overall thoughts on 22 films and moving on. Um, I mean, I was a big fan of them, obviously, before this podcast ever happened. That's why I agreed to join it. But 
definitely in this podcast and looking at the films in their entirety um the way we have has really made me appreciate them more um it's also like added enough perspective that uh when I look back at some of them, um, I would say like some might not have aged as well as uh, I thought, like thinking yeah. back, just uh, it's like when we, I don't know how you guys look at your rankings, but sometimes I pull up my ranking list and I'm like, I can't believe like after this many films now, like this one particular film or this other one, like ranks actually this low overall. And yeah. it's more of a credit to um, how well they've improved over time. I oh. think there's just, I'm I'm very curious to see what uh, they'll do from here in that I feel since about phase three or late phase two, they kind of figure out the formula out of how to make these work, uh, yeah. make them work in a way that it balances the larger arc that needs to be um, serviced, but also giving you unique stories, unique genre films in a lot of cases. Um, you, uh, AC, you mentioned how there is a cosmic element and there's a human element and the fact that they're able to give you both but also marry them when they need to is just so impressive yeah and so i'm yeah i'm just so excited to see what happens and i i preached it a couple of times now but i'm excited that i don't know what's going to happen anymore true yeah this is unprecedented territory that we're going going to here where after the spider-man film it's all open. It's going to be completely different. Like we have, obviously, like you said, like I mean, you're our uh, resident, um, essentially, like encyclopedia for this stuff or researcher. So we do have things that we can refer to, yeah. but at the same time, too, it's it's the kind of thing where like you actually have to dive deeper now because a lot of the stories that we've gone through and a lot of the characters we've come across have, if you've been like just moderately interested in comics or comic book films, like, you know about them. And you know about the stories, even if you don't know the details of them. But here, like, we, all the new characters that we mentioned, I don't know a thing about. And yeah. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, same here. I feel I feel the same way in a lot of ways. Like, me talking about Shang-Chi, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I, I've read Shang-Chi a lot, mm -hmm. or if at all. Um, I've read up on him. I've seen him in certain parts of certain stories, but I haven't gone into like the depth. And the same thing with the Eternals too. So they're really going into stuff that you have to be like die, die, die hard uh, comic book head to get into. Hopefully, in the future, we'll have somebody on who kind of has that knowledge. But uh, for in the meantime, I love going in this idea and going into these things a little bit with uh, with fresher eyes. So I think that's going to be really, really cool. Ralph, how about you? Going forward, uh, is there anything you're looking for uh, besides going to these uh, films with me that I drag you to? Um, well, I'm definitely trying to catch up on the movies that I mentioned before. I know that, that I, I've already gotten some negative <laughs> reviews about them. So <laughs> it's going to make me think about <laughs> what I so should be talking So you feel about. like going back to actually seeing like, yeah, these movies? Like, yeah, That's cool. I, yeah, I'm probably going to go back. Because I think those two and I, and Captain America too. I didn't see the first one. so Okay. Believe yeah, me, I've so watched I, like I, 10 I, movies worse than those this year already. So you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> and I can guarantee you one of the movies is not the second worst ever made. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people who've been listening to this podcast know what that reference was. <laughs> That's how you get this is how you get reward for our endgame podcast. 
See, that's, I, I love that. You can connect that. If you really listen, mm-hmm. then you know. So, so it's like, um, I don't know. I feel like it, it has made me want to check out some of the ones that I missed that, you know, maybe eight or nine years ago I wasn't as interested or but after like listening to you guys also talking to Nancy like it's made me at least interested in wanting to um you know like catch up and miss some of the stuff that I've missed before but just overall looking at from the movies that I've seen leading up into this one that came out last month I I honestly really enjoyed all of the 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 storytelling and sort of the developments of what happens i mean for me i you know i used to occasionally like watch the the shows like the cartoon <laughs> shows when i was a kid with anthony um, yeah and, and like so it's interesting to always like see so so many different characters and i think draw those connections and see if those characters ever appear the ones that have yet to make an appearance so it would be cool to to see some of that stuff happen down the road and like you guys have mentioned so far that the possibilities sort of are endless that all these new possibilities can happen because a we've seen that the time travel stuff has sort of opened up this idea that sort of anything can happen really i feel like because any character can come and appear out of nowhere and so it's just going to be interesting to see like how they tell that story or how they tell those stories to bring these new people in and also just not knowing like i hope they find some level of control because jake's raised a really good point about that that yeah you bring too many characters you can't just go all over the place like there needs to be something that at least gives us some structure to this i yeah. agree jake, jake didn't make a good point on them i was gung-ho for secret war and all this other stuff but oh as long as it's done right then hey i'll 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 uh, be definitely willing to to uh watch all and the thing that makes you think about anthony when you're talking about how these are characters that you aren't really familiar with is that what that what the mcu has really done successfully is that the people who like are loyal to seeing all the MCU movies, they might have started out as comic book fans, but the reason they're seeing all the MCU movies is because yeah. they're MCU fans. You know what I mean? Like Guardians of the Galaxy made <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars, not because there's a ton of fucking Guardians of the Galaxy fans out there. It was because they, <laughs> they know that the movies are gonna be good, and so that's why right. it gives me confidence that they're gonna be good. That they're gonna be like do make the right decisions going forward because they even though they like Kevin Feige obviously like loves the comics. The thing that I really, really like and is why I trust him much more than I would trust someone who, like, loves the comics, like, who's a huge, just, just a huge comic book fan, is that he understands that he's making a series of movies and not a series of comics, and you can, you yeah. have to take yes. things slower, and you have to, you know, be more deliberate with your choices, so I really, I mean, until they give me a reason to really be doubtful of their ability yeah. to be yes. good, I'm not going to doubt him. Do do not doubt Marvel. Do not doubt get, As long as they don't get DB uh, Weiss and David Benny off the right of mode in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, that's a good that's a good note to end on. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll close out with the with the outro. Raphael Canton, where can we follow you, brother? Um, NBA underscore trades on Twitter. You know, it's uh, NBA history. Sci- I talk about basketball in general on there, but I talk about anything. So uh, follow me on Twitter, NBA underscore trades. Uh, Jay Christie, where can we follow you, my friend? Uh, at the Jay Christie on Twitter. You can listen to my other podcast, Sorted History. That's Sorted underscore History. I just released an episode with the guy who asked the Zaddy question about a congressman <laughs> who was sending inappropriate messages to congressional pages. So that's fun. Yes, check that out for sure. Jerome Chang, where can we follow you, my friend? 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Black Dragon Roll, and hopefully, fingers crossed, here saying it today, you can follow me to the NBA Finals. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> there you go. That's confidence. I like it, Jerome. Get confident. I'm, I said hopefully. This is this is the Canadian in me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at AC Spotlight Nine Five. You can follow this show on Twitter at MC University Pod. Um, we do have an episode coming up next week. Me and Ralph are going to tackle Cloak and Dagger with somebody associated with the show. I won't say who yet, just at least give it a little bit of a tease. So we will have that and a season two recap, at least a, a nice little one. So Cloak and Dagger fans, be prepared little, for that. A little preview right now, though, just like for the people who uh, happen to listen to this uh, before that. Like, how was the season? Um, so far, it's been it's been very good. Really uh-huh. enjoyed it. Um, I, I think it's, it's been better than season one. I think okay. they've taken a lot of the team drama elements out of it and made it more of a angsty. <laughs> well, I mean, they still have some of the music choices, uh, whenever you get to it that you'll be like, oh yeah, this is drama. but, um, so, so the characters are very interesting and they're very well grounded. Um, I do have a lot cool. of questions for, uh, uh, who we're bringing on next week in regards to some of the choices and some of the references that we see. Cool. Yeah, Sounds good. good. I like the season so far. Yeah. Yeah, so it should be interesting. And until then, Far From Home is not too far away. We're less than 40 days, so that should be interesting. And we will talk to you guys soon. Have a good one. Salute. Bye.